0: Welcome to Visma ski Classics podcast, Levinio to Levin. Visma Ski Classics is the long-distance ski championships with 12 Pro Tour events and 35 Pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Pro XC Skiing magazine is now available and you can order it online at Wismas Classics shop. You can either get a separate issue or include a special Christmas package with your order. The magazine gives you all the info about the 35 pro teams, pro tour events, season favorites and useful tips about long distance skiing. Go online at www.wismaskiclassics.com. Merry Christmas and happy reading. greetings and hello to you all all the fisma ski classics fans out there uh it's a beautiful day i hope everywhere where you are and of course the holiday season is approaching and this is living to levy podcast i'm your host Temu virtanen and i have two really nice guests simen östesen and eric wickstrom and we are continuing the pre-season evaluations and this time around we are going to talk about the season favorites in every category and about my guests, or my co-host, I should say, Eric, of course, is a profilic, uh, prolific uh, rider. Excuse my English here. Uh, and an avid a cross-country skier, as I uh, said last time, Vasa Loppet uh, skier. He loves Vasa Loppet, uh, as uh, does Simon osterson who uh, who's been on the podium in several Bisma Ski Classic races, but he's now retired, although still pretty active and um, both of these guys will be around uh, when the season comes around and Eric, uh, of course I need to ask you about uh, Christmas, it is approaching, Uh, how are you going to spend your Christmas? Uh, Skiing I assume? (laughs) Usually we are uh,
1: one year in Borås where I live near Gothenburg and one year in Östersund because my my wife's sister is married to Matthias Nilsson, who is a former biathlete and, and coach for the Swedish biathlon team. But uh, a year like this, we we don't know. Actually, we might spend it just our family, maybe some relatives, but. Um, it will be a different Christmas but we hope for some man-made snow at least in Borås. So usually we have man-made snow like 1k or 2k in uh, during Christmas.
0: So what is again as a Swedish specialty uh, at Christmas time like, <laughs> It's the same I mean, as midsummer.
1: midsummer. It's a uh, köttbullar, meatballs and sill, her- herring and uh, it's uh, yeah, you eat food and you you, you dance around the Christmas tree. And you get gifts on the twenty fourth instead of the twenty fifth.
0: That's the same way here, over here in Finland too. So, Seamen, what about you? How is your Christmas looking like?
2: Uh, my Christmas is. Uh, I'm going to spend it in uh, in Oslo or just outside Oslo where we live. Uh, so not much, uh, not much plans. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we are just staying, uh, staying at home. Uh, visiting my parents, they they live just uh, a kilometer away from me, uh, and uh, yeah, we're hoping for some uh, for some snow, but uh, it doesn't look uh, too good right now. Uh, today it's uh, five degrees and raining, but uh, I actually got uh, two two trips on snow this weekend. Uh, we were lucky and had some snow up in uh, above four or five hundred meters. So I got to do some uh, some loops there. Uh, hopefully, we can get some more before Christmas. Uh, but uh, if it doesn't, if we don't, we I suppose it's going to be like uh, Eric around around in uh, in a one k loop uh, because we have uh, they have made some some of those a uh, couple of places in Oslo. But uh, I don't know if that's the most most exciting
0: type of skiing. But uh, it's better than nothing. And then, what is the Norwegian uh, Christmas special? Uh,
2: I guess it's. I think we have two two specialties. Uh, it's ribbe uh, and pinnekjøtt, uh, lamb ribs. Uh, I guess uh, those are the two the two spe- specialties that most people eat. Uh, but I don't like neither of them. <laughs>
0: But it sounds to me that both of you will be eating a lot and having a good time with your families and, and enjoy the Christmas spirit. But now we are going to talk about uh, the, pre- uh, the season, the upcoming season, season 11 and all the favorites uh, in every category, which means the champion, uh, sprint, climb, youth and the pro team uh, competitions. And that'll be next. And we get started with the pink bib. This is the youth category. Of course, it means that uh, the best female and male athletes under the age of 26. And uh, we are basing all of our selections here on, on the ones that you, Eric, did the for our uh, Pro XE Magazine proxy uh, skiing magazine, and by the way, that is available. The magazine is uh, available uh, for purchasing, and you can get it uh, online. Just go to our shop, and you get it. You can get it from there. And uh, the pink bib, Eric. Let's start with women. You picked Ida Dahl from Team Ramudden and Yeni Larson also from Team Ramudden and then Anastasia Rugalina, Team Russian Winter or Russian Winter Team. Um, these three. Why these three? Let's start from there.
1: Well, uh, if you look at Ida Dahl, she won the youth competition last year in her first real season of uh, as a Wismaski Classic skier. She had like great results, also like for in overall results in in separate races. She she really proved that she can be on the podium as a youth skier, and she won. She won the pink bib by a lot, so, so and it has been looking good for her during the summer and also during the fall in these early races. So I really believe she can
0: win it. Uh Seaman, when you look at these uh three, Ida, Yenny and Anastasia, any thoughts? Come to your mind?
2: Uh no, it's like uh like Eric said, uh I- Ida, she was uh she was re- really strong last year. Uh and uh you know she's uh, got one one more year of experience and uh, i think she will be will be hard to beat uh, in the youth competition there for sure
0: and she was actually so strong that she was knocking on the door of the you know the, the top 3 uh, club you know she was fourth in several races so this year could be the one that she she'll be on the podium but let's go through these three, one by one, and then the men, and then we'll pick some uh, uh, dark horses uh, later on. How would you guys evaluate Ida Ida Dahl uh, as a skier, and particularly for this partic- uh, particular category? Let's start with uh, you, Eric.
1: Well, she's pretty new, and I mean, she is still has two more years in, in in the youth category. She's skiing for Team Ramadan They have lots of young skiers. Um, uh, Lina Koshkin is the oldest uh, and I mean for first season there's lots to learn it's lots to improve in double pulling it usually takes some time to like last all races uh, both Dahl and Jenny Larsson they have been not totally sure they will double pull everything uh, sometimes they choose kickwags, and we could see in uh, Bruksvallarna, the first race, it wasn't sure either if they should go with or would I out kick wax. But, I mean, if you looked at Ida's results, to be fourth in at the biggest and the most prestigious race, it's uh, it's just awesome. And, and, of course, they help each other. They are at the same age, Ida and Jenny. They are on the same team, and they have Lina to look up to. Uh, and they also have Max Novak on the same team. He's also in the youth category, but for the men. So... Um, yeah, they're looking strong, and uh, I don't see... Of course, they could be sick or injured, but other than that, I look forward to see they develop even
0: more. So, Siemen, has your uh, experienced eye picked anything that Ida should work on? Anything that needs to be developed?
2: Uh, no, I, I don't think uh, it's hard for me to say, like go into specifics but uh if you look at the results from from last year they are they are really consistent consistent and uh, as you said she is uh, she was close to to join uh join the top three club and uh and take the, the step up up on the podium uh, as we can see in the results they are uh, you know from 4 to to 8 uh and I, I think just by for her at, uh, at such a young age, just by getting one year older, uh, she's gotten one year, one more year with uh, with good training. Um, I think that will that will make her stronger this year. Um, so I think she can potentially be uh, one of the contenders for uh, for podium positions in uh, in a lot of the races, um, and as uh, Eric said the fourth position in uh, in Vasaloppa is uh, is really strong uh, at that young age especially with the uh, with the conditions we had uh, we had this year uh, with the, maybe the toughest conditions in in many years.
0: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think her maybe her uh, uh, the only weakness is her inexperience that she needs a little bit more experience to be a bit bolder and and uh, just go for the you know the podium. it was pretty amazing what she did you know last season uh, being that young and being you know having a first season this year assuming that the training and everything has gone well because sometimes we get the second season dilemma which is that you train too much or you get too eager and you instead of going up you go down. that could also happen uh, which has happened to so many athletes but I think you know she she will be a really really uh, I mean not just in this particular category. She will be really strong in the in the yellow bib as well, I think. Yeni, then what about her? I mean, she had a good season as well, although not as amazing as maybe Ida's. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, you know these uh, skiers better, Eric. But I think she's she was pretty much at the same level when they started, correct? Uh, with with Ida, when when before they enter the you know their long distance arena.
1: Yeah, but, <clears throat> but interesting with Jenny is also that she got the second place in the Cortina skating race, a challenger race, and uh, that's usually a good sign. I mean, if you look at all the the very best skiers, the champion skiers, they're usually pretty good in skating as well. If you look at uh, like uh, Eliasen or, or uh, Astrid Euruslin, Britta, Johansson Urgan, and so forth, they're pretty good skaters as well, and I think that's a it's a good sign, so I believe she has a good future as well, even though she was just five points ahead, uh, the third place in the standings last year, and she was quite far behind
0: Ida Dahl. Do you think she could be as strong as Ida come the new season?
1: Maybe not this season, but uh, well, of course, in individual races, I think she could beat Ida, Absolutely
0: what do you think are uh, sort of her strengths and weaknesses? What are the things that she needs to work on to improve? Well,
1: the thing is when you are in new in this circuit, and especially if you come from a traditional skiing, like in the beginning, you really need those long double pole workouts so you can last forever and you can be secure that you, you don't need to think about putting kick wax on. Like I met both... Ida and Jenny before the day before Kaiser Maximilian Lauf, and they were thinking if they should go with or without kick wax. And it takes some energy to, to have those thoughts because then you need also different skis and you need more testing and so on. And I, if you train more and you develop more upper body strength and endurance, it's, uh, it's a big advantage.
0: That is actually an interesting point, you know, and I, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, do you think that uh, women pretty much should forget about, you know, the kick waxing and, and diagonal striding, except maybe for Eisterlöpe, which is so, so hard. But uh, kind of the point, you know, that you spend too much time and energy just speculating and wondering if you're capable of, of double polling a race.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely agree that it uh, <laughs> it can cost some energy to you know, to decide whether to go, uh, with kick wax or just double pulling. Uh, I know that from, from my own career, uh, you know, back in the, back in the days when we didn't double pull all the races. Uh, and, uh, but, but I don't know if it's, uh, if the, if they should put away the, the diagonal and the kick wax, uh, I think it,
1: no, not for race stuff, for example. No,
2: no, uh, and uh, I think it, it can depends on the depend on the conditions uh, and uh, all the factors uh, whether you want to go with or without kick wax. Uh, but I definitely like uh, like Eric says. I think it's uh, it's important for for her uh, because she's so young and she's only was it her first season last year uh, in yeah. the in the Wisma Classic. Uh, so that's, that's, that it's important for her to build up her, uh, her strength in her upper body and, you know, the, the double pulling endurance, uh, so that, she, so that you know that she can, she can do the races, uh, just double pulling. Uh, I,
1: I actually think she used kick wax in like in the first race in, in Sweden, in Valana a few weeks ago, she. I think she used Kickwax and Ida Dahl double-polled and in that race Jenny was was 11th and uh, Ida Dahl was 17th so so I mean uh, in that race Jenny beat Ida and those races are pretty tough to double-poll since it's all up and down.
0: Well that remains to be seen you know if what happens next, next season uh, in terms of you know double-polling and Diagonal striding, and as we said, race it is is definitely a race where most skiers, pretty much everyone, uh, everyone ends up using uh, kick wax. Uh, Anastasia Rugalina, Russian Winter Team. She is your third choice uh, for the pink bib in, uh, in the women's race. What do you see in her, Eric? No,
1: like if you look at the result list from the youth category last year, so you have Tia Kirukanmuri in third place. She's too old now, but Julia Angelsjö was fourth. But Anastasia have a like a, her when she has a good day, she has a a better day, and y- Julia is skiing lots of races uh, and like an even. She's pretty consistent and so on, but Rigalina has a higher capacity, I would say. So if she's doing more races, I think she can take lots of more points.
0: It's a good point that you you just brought up. You know, uh, a lot of skiers are getting too old for this category. We have many, many good names that could be good contenders, but they are t- uh, you know they were born uh, in '94, which is uh, or maybe even earlier than that, so they're not uh, eligible. Know, for this particular category anymore, because you have to be 26 years of age or below that. So that's that's a good good that you pointed out because there's so many of those. Uh, we need Semen. we need more
2: young skiers to uh, to see how fun it is to uh, to do the Wisma Classics races.
0: That is true. Although there are more coming coming in every year, we're getting more and more. Uh, and uh, I know because I've uh, written all the... All the pro team uh, descriptions and there are a lot of young skiers coming. of course some of them are just testing their wings a little bit, meaning they will you know participate in a couple of the races, not the whole season, but still I mean it's good that you know we uh, we have or they have that option too just to come in and and see how it goes. Uh, any other names you would pick here, either one of you uh, before we move on to uh, to men the men's category? Uh, I think uh, Eric has wrapped it up pretty good uh,
2: with, the, with the biggest favourite for for the upcoming season.
0: If that's the case, then we move on to uh, a Pink big Men. And we have three names here, uh, selected by Eric once again. Max Novak, Team Ramudden, Emil Parson, Lager 157 Ski Team. And then an interesting name, Herman Paus, Team Ramudden. Emil Parson, Max Novak, OK, we can easily... Pick those two. I mean, Emil won two races. Max was kind of like Ida, knocking on the same door, uh, fourth, uh, uh, but not on the podium yet. Might be when this season uh, gets started. Uh, But let's start with Herman Paus. You picked him as a contender, although, of course, Max and Emil are your. Uh, favorites, because you actually give stars to these people. Uh, If if you guys read our magazine, you can see how Eric has rated all the skiers by giving them stars. So Max and Emil get four, and then Herman gets uh, three stars. Uh, But still, Herman Paus, Team Ramudden.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the youth skiers last year, uh, I mean, Max and Emil was there as well, but all the others, they in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place they're too old now to lift. Uh, Alexander, Gebre- Gebre- <laughs> Grebenko, and Magnus Westerham and Stian Barry, They're too old, and uh, I-, I think there is room for Herman Paus. He's really young. He's developing. He has been doing well in the in the camps where with the team Ramadan this summer. He has. Uh, uh, I mean, of course, that's like. Uh, it's a high, high odds. <laughs> it was kind of a wild guess, but I believe he, uh, yeah, it will be a, maybe a surprise if he will be top three, but uh, I think it could be possible. He has some ways to walk, to, I mean, he he needs to improve, but I think it's possible.
0: Because he was uh, born at the turn of this century, or the turn of the millennium, millennium, uh, 2000. So he's pretty young. Uh, Seema, do you think that it's a little bit too young to, to perform well when you're at your twenties, twenty one or so? Mm,
2: no, I don't. I don't think you're too young, uh, but it, it depends a little bit on your on your background. Um, uh, and uh, I think uh, I think this year, uh, I think it will be too too tough for the Herman to. You know to overtake uh, the two other guys uh, in this competition, um, but uh, I know that he's uh, he's really motivated and uh, and he's doing a, a really solid job on the with the training. Uh, I've seen some of it on on Strava. I, I, I don't know Herman uh, at all, but uh, I know that I've seen that he's doing some. Uh, a really good workout, uh, at least at least on Strava, uh, if you can re- if we can rely on that. But um, he's motivated, and uh, I think if
1: uh, maybe he's biking on those workouts instead of rollerskating, yes, yeah, the yeah, scariest might be. Might be. But, but uh, yeah.
2: I think if if he gets uh, a couple of years uh, in uh, with the, with these races, I think he can be uh, definitely be a contender for the for the youth bib. Uh, as you said, he's is, he is young and he has some more years to, to
0: fight for that one. Many more years to fight. Uh, and we should
1: particular. mention that he actually in an uphill race, Trivan up uh, in roller skiing this summer, he beat Andreas Nygord, Stian Hölgård and Juarez Tele. So, but the difference for uphill skiing, young skiers could be fast up, but then double pulling in flat sections would, where you need lots of power, might uh, not suit him as well.
0: Indeed. Uh, Max Novak and Emil Parson. These are the two other ones, and you've uh, given them four stars, both pretty much treating them equally here, uh, which I think is a pretty solid uh, prediction. Let's start with Max, Team Ramudden first.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, he... Was so fast already last season. I mean, he f- fought for the green bib. I think he was second finally in the green bib. Uh, yeah, in the sprint competition, and he won the pink bib. He is he won the Swedish opening race ahead of the national team skiers in 15k. He double pulled it. Um, I don't know if he will be able to ski since he put money on. <laughs> William Porma, who got second in the race and he won the race by himself. So there is like an investigation about if he will be banned from racing or not. Um, But I mean, it's looking very good for Max. He's getting help from a bicycling coach, Matthias Reck. Um, And um, I think this, I mean, there is a little difference in the schedule now. Plan B means that there is no prologue in, in Lavinio which is a flat 30k race. And I think a uh, 100k race in order might be, I think it suits better for Max than for Emil. I mean, Emil lost his, he won two races last season and both the, the those races are, are gone now. Kaiser Maximilian Lauf and the individual prologue.
0: That is a good point. And since you kind of uh, started to touch upon the the, uh, the kind of the issue that, or the, my next question, which is, when you compare these two skiers Max and also this is for Siemen for you as well max and AML they are different type of skiers how would you yeah, kind evaluate these I think they
2: have much of the same qualities uh, uh, both have a, both have a good uh, a good sprint finish uh, and uh, I also think when they are... When in shape, they they both have uh, a high capacity. Uh, I think you know uh, Max did some good races in uh, a really good result in in Yeserska last year, which is a tough course. And uh, Emil he won kaiser uh, Maximilianlauf, uh, 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 and that's also a, a really tough course uh, with some uh, with some serious uphills, uh, both in the start and uh, at least the last. 10, 12 kilometers. Um, so I, I think, I think that in my opinion, they have much of the same qualities. Uh, so in the end, I think it depends on, on which of them that, that will, you know, maintain, maintain their, their shape throughout the whole season. Uh, you need to be, to be able to take points from the start to the beginning. Uh, as you said, the, yeah, took a lot of points in the first half of the season last year, but uh, Maybe he was, uh, yeah, he was not tagged in the in the second part of the season.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, Simon has a good point that they are like could be even if they're both in shape. But I think like um, since Emil, he actually won that Kaiser Maximilian love. But on a bad day, I think Max has lower has has a higher lowest level. Like I skied an interval workout with Emil. This summer and like i could keep up with him on the same wheels uh, you're drunk. And, No, <laughs> i'm just a recreational skier but i would never have kept up with max like on a because when like when eml has a bad day it's uh, he's not that fast uh, so he needs to be more consistent to be able to get like Yes, you said he was good in the beginning of the season. A little too many ups and downs, but it has started out good this season. He was sixth in the opening race in Sweden, which was very, very good.
0: I think that was pretty much what I was shooting for when I phrased this question, because I totally agree with you, Eric, uh, that Emil is, is a bit more uneven than and Max. Max is, in that sense, maybe a bit stronger. And he's a really offensive skier. He goes for the points and sprints and stuff. Uh, he's, he's a bold skier. Uh, but of course they both are a good contenders for this particular uh, category and also not just for this but the uh, yellow bib and the podium any other names that uh, before we move on to the next one which is the sprint uh, sprint competition um, any other names any dark horses
2: i think as uh, eric said <laughs> many of the the skiers that were part of this competition last year has uh, gotten one year older and uh, are too old to, to fight for this bib this year. Uh, so I think uh, Eric has been wise in picking these three names.
0: And next will be the sprint competition. Now you can be part of Ski Classics. Sign up for my pages if you haven't done it yet. You can be ranked among other skiers, including our pro team athletes, and compare your ranking with your friends. You can also get different pins that measure your achievements. So go to wismuskeyclassics.com, sign in by clicking my pages on the top, and get ready for action in season 11. And the cream babe, the sprint competition. Uh, of course, we have lots of good names here, and an interesting name in the men's category is that Anton Carlson, the former sprint king, uh, is finally returning, although he will most likely uh, shoot for for the uh you know the yellow bib but let's see your selections here uh without further ado uh lina kosgren you gave her four stars annige jade alnes from team Ragde eiendom three stars and lynn Semskar, team nordic athlete also three stars eric why these three
1: well it's kind of harder category to pick it's easier with the pink bib but uh, i think lina she enjoy sprinting uh, and she's usually in the peloton uh, Britta wants an I didn't put here she has she loves to sprint but I think this will be a year when she's gonna be more calm but that's just a guess um, to Lena because she's a strong overall skier she has been has she had a good summer and uh, Anniken, because she has proved at least in the sprint races in Norway that she's very, very fast. She, is, she can beat everyone in Norway in a sprint and on a good day, which she has done. And Lynn Sömskar is a very good sprinter and um, a, a, a double polar, since she has, she has won Lopet, which is uh, a roller ski race. Uh, so I actually wanted to put... Uh, uh, Lynn Sems got as a contender for the yellow bit but it turned out to be a joker because she hasn't been doing so much uh, long distance skiing.
0: We'll talk about Lena Coscrane a little bit uh, more in detail once we get to the yellow bit because I think that's the main uh, main category or the main race uh, she's uh, going for. Of course she's the uh, she won the uh, you know the pink it's uh, being sorry had the green a green jersey uh, last season so this is of course a category that she's the the, the biggest favorite but Anniken and and Lynn uh Seaman, when you think about these are both new names yeah uh, they uh,
2: they are and uh I think those two are they are a bit different skiers from uh from Lena uh, they are more uh, more sprinters uh, or you know more kind of the qualities of a sprinter uh especially in the you know in the in the finish uh but as you say they uh, they haven't done <laughs> done so many of these races before uh so i think it's i think the competition in the among the women is a little bit different uh than uh, among the men because uh and i think there are not so many uh of the girls that you know are focusing 100% on the, on the green bib uh but maybe we will see that this year uh with skiers like uh, Alnicken and uh and Lynn. uh we don't know we know that yet but maybe they are want to focus you know on the 100% on the on the green bib like we've seen some of the skiers doing in the in the men's uh, class
1: yeah, that's interesting because we we there's that's not so common, and it might be because most teams they don't have so many women as they do men. And Then it's it's kind of hard to like uh, to use one skier just for the the sprint bib. So I will see. I mean, Team Ragde they don't have so many girls, so it might be hard for them to put her only for the green bib.
0: So what do you? What do you guys think about Anik and Lin? Uh, generally speaking, not just for this particular category, uh, because both of them are rookies uh, in the game, uh, established skiers. How well can they really perform? Or will they be uh, rising stars pretty much like uh, Max and Ida were last season?
1: Yeah, if I mean, Lina is strong. She likes double pulling. Her boyfriend is... Um Ragnar Bragvin Andresen, he is a very good sprinter. I think he is a world champion in 100 meters or maybe 200 meters roller ski sprint. So she, has, um, she can learn from him for like the, the very short sprints. Um, I actually sat next to her in a, in a wedding a few years ago and um, I think she is motivating for skiing many more years.
0: And you believe that about both the and Anniken can be really strong skiers next season? Overall.
1: I, I don't know about Anniken and double polling. Uh, I don't know if Siemen has can I am uh, kind of unsecure about it there.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that she's been working a lot with it. Uh and uh I guess you have been uh, you have been on a training camp with uh with Team Ragda or Team Axe before and you know it's <laughs> It's some hard training. They're doing, uh,
1: <laughs> every workout.
2: Yeah. So I, I think she has focused a lot on, uh, on the double pulling, uh, and you know, the long, uh, the long sessions, um, so that she can, so that she can do the, do the long races, um, only double pulling and still be, still have some power left in the, in the end, but you know, it's she hasn't done the races before, and uh, I guess she she's as curious as us about how how things will turn out.
0: That'll be interesting to see how these two new uh, skiers will perform. But I think in this category, it, as you said, you didn't put Britta here, but I think it'll be between Lena and. Lina Kuske and Britta Johansson Nogren. Once again, mm-hmm. those two will be fighting, fighting. But you know, anything can happen. Uh, moving on uh, to uh, the we men's sh- we side. We should of mention things.
1: that uh, Annikinjärd Alnes has done uh, many of the uh, a few of the races here, but I mean, not like a full season, or not like I don't know if she has double pulled these races. I think I think she has used kick Good.
0: So a uh, men, the men's category, the men's race. Berg, uh, team Cafe Bruggeriet, Alexander Paczynski, Team Robinson Trentino, who actually had some really fast sprints uh, last season, and then you put Oscar Gardin, Team Ragde Ajendom. Your biggest favorite is, is of course Stian Berg, uh, the winner of this category, an amazing performance uh, at Vassalopet last season. Alexander Paczynski, you really believe in him because he was so fast,
1: <laughs> but. It's kind of, he needs to do more races and I think he has a hard time to be in the peloton for the second sprint. And But uh, I think the, he has a great potential.
0: And then Stian, uh, Seaman, what kind of a skier is Stian uh, when you evaluate him, when you look at him?
2: Uh, well, I, th- I think he's a skier that has, uh, has developed a lot over the years. Uh, you know, from being a... Uh, you know, just being a sprinter, uh, he has developed his capacity, and yeah, uh, uh, and we saw we saw last year that uh, that Stian, he he went in the breakaway for some of the races to to take these green points, uh, and uh, I think when he when he came into the long distance races, he he didn't have the capacity to do to do these breakaways. Uh, so I think he has turned out from being only a fast sprinter to to become a fast sprinter with a, with also a, a high capacity so I think if if he has developed that even more this year uh, he can also be a guy to, to watch out for in the in the sprints at the finish line
1: yeah I uh, t- totally agree I mean she, he, he has been 11th at the, at the Berkey and, and he has won slop at 90k roller ski race against many pro skier. So uh, I agree with Seaman there. I mean, if it's a, if there is a flat, fast race and he's in a group, he could, he could win races, even though he hasn't been top 10.
0: And also Andreas, uh, Nygård is a big inspiration to him. He, he wants to follow his uh, footsteps and, and become uh, a champion like uh, Nygård has done. Uh, by being a sprinter first and then I- evolving and and uh, improving and developing from from uh, there yeah uh, so i think that- it's i think
2: it's i think it's easier to uh, t- you know to develop uh, your endurance uh when if you're a good sprinter uh than to become a good sprinter if you're you know not a good sprinter from the beginning if you understand what i mean uh like like I have seen Andreas, uh, how he have, how he has uh, developed over the years. So I think if if he has the motivation uh, and is willing to put down the the job that's required, uh, I think definitely he can be he can be strong in the years to come.
0: And then Oscar Cardin, uh, why did you pick him? Do you think that he will go for this category? Uh, and he's your countryman, Eric. So
1: yeah, I picked him because I mean. He has been second, fourth, and third in the sprint competition last years, And I mean, Ragde has such a strong men's field. They have and they have uh, Nygor, they have Anders Schaukland. They They can use one skier just for the green sprint bib. Sprint and I mean, they should do. So, I mean, he's not the fastest guy, but I think, I mean, he's a strong skier overall. He can... He can be on a podium in a race and uh, if he goes for a, the, the the sprint points, he can take, uh, he can accumulate some points, even though he won't win sprints in, in the way that Paschinski and Stian Berg do, does.
0: Two other names that I'd like to uh, uh, pick up or put on a bit of an pedestal here in this particular category is Max Novak I think he will go for points uh, and then Anton Carlson we don't know what he's going to do I mean he is their former uh, sprint king then he got injured and he was away uh, last season although most likely he will go for the you know the, the overall competition but maybe those two could be could be skiers that we'll see more of in this yeah. Uh, competition
1: yeah it uh, definitely could be and I mean they don't have anyone else really to... Logger 157 doesn't have a specific uh, green guy. Like they have a, a lumberjack guy. So... Um, could be. We'll see. I mean, after Anton won the green bib the first time, he said for the other season, I will go for the green bib again. Uh, but instead he would, was injured. But I don't know if he postponed that uh, goal or if he's going... I mean, he is in great shape now. He he has been so good during the fall, so he might not use his energy for the for the green points.
0: And also, Max just like, Novak likes to go for all kinds of points, and he's as I mentioned earlier, he's pretty offensive. Uh, so we'll see. Moving on to the next category, which is uh, the uh, so-called lumberjack, uh, cl- uh, the climb competition. So that will be next. If you have any feedback, questions, requests, and ideas, please contact us at podcast at skiclassics.com. Enjoy our Living You to Live you podcast and join the fun. Lumberjack Babe, the so-called climb competition. Interesting names as uh, the, uh, for every category. Astrid Lind, Team Kuteng, and Britta Johansson Nogren, Lager 157 Ski Team. These are the four... Star skiers that you have here, Uh, and then Hedda Bongman, Team Nordic athlete. Eric, you gave her three stars, and you think that she could be the one that could challenge these really strong skiers, Astrid and Britta. How come?
1: When we talked earlier, Seaman brought up some good point there that, like, most lumberjack skiers are yellow bib skiers. Since if you're a good uphill skier, you're usually pretty good in the in the long distance races, and also those some of these checkpoints are, are quite far a bit in in the race. So, I mean, I have to admit that Hedda Bogman is is kind of a you need to spice this up a little bit. It, it would it would have been uh, it would be a, sensational if she can manage to do it. But I mean, she has skied World Cup, and she has. Um, some good traditional results and maybe team Nordic athletes want some, I mean, it's a new team and maybe they want to get some attention and and maybe they will tell her, hey, let's go for the lumberjack bib. So that's a kind of wild guess. I mean, but she has been 11th at Ilus Levy already in 2017, so she might have the capacity to do it.
0: That'll be that'll be interesting to see if she can go uh, neck and neck uh, with Britta and Astrid. We'll talk about these two, Astrid and Britta, a little bit more uh, about when we get to the, you know, the final category, which is the champion, uh, the yellow bib. So we don't need to analyze these two skiers too much here. Although we can mention that Astrid, both of them have uh, won the category. Astrid won uh, won this competition in uh, 2019, and Britta, uh, of course. Uh, 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 last season um, then let's move on unless you guys have any other comments about the women we can move on to, uh, uh, to em-
1: Emile Fleting could be a contender as well we should say
0: yeah for sure
1: and I also think
2: it depends on how many races, uh, races she will do this uh, this winter but uh, I think Marit Bergen as well if she's uh, if she's on the on the start line she will she will be up there fighting for these points but uh we don't know whether she will do one or two or three or nine races so
0: yeah that is true i mean she has said that she will do vasa lopet but of course yeah. we don't know i mean it's uh she sees it a bit of a dark horse in every category i think uh but right now we're you. assuming that she will only do or at least do vasa lopet, so uh but good Men, Morten Pedersen, of course, uh, five five stars, and uh, he really loves this uh, competition this this category. Your former teammate, uh, what do you want to say about Morten, uh, Seaman?
2: <laughs> I don't know if there's much to say. Uh, I think the results uh, he has had in this competition speaks for themselves. But uh, yeah, for sure, he has won this competition
0: three years in a row. So you do you think that he will go for this particular category, this competition? Because I know that he wants to win the overall.
2: Uh yeah, I, I think he will he will try to be up there. Uh you know, he will see if he can take as many points as possible without spending too much energy. Uh because as you said, he I think he definitely wants to win the to win the, the yellow bib this year. Uh, but, uh, as, as we talked about earlier, uh, you know, these guys that are so good in the uphills, uh, they can take many points without having to, to fight for them. Uh, so I think we'll see if maybe this year he won't, if he's in a duel with the uh, for example, maybe he will, you know, not sprint for the 10 extra points. But just you know, secure the second position, for example. But uh, I don't know. He's a he's a really offensive skier, and uh,
0: uh, I think he will uh, he will be up there definitely. So why is he dominant in, in this particular category? Why is he a good climber? What makes him so good? Uh, uh, first of all, he has uh,
2: he has a strong uh, capacity uh, in the uphills, and he has you know he's done some. Some good races in, uh, in the traditional races as well. Um, even though he hasn't uh, done any World Cup, uh, he's been he's been near sometimes, uh, especially for the 50 kilometers in Holmenkoll. Uh, but then also he's uh, he has a really good technique uh, in the uphills. Um, I think he's maybe the best uh, uphill technique in the in the field there. So, and he's also. You know he, he's he's offensive and he likes to you know stay in front, take control. He's not afraid of uh, you know attacking in the uphills. Um, so I think he's he's strong mentally, um, and that's some factors that make him that make him strong in the in this type of
0: terrain. He is really strong indeed, Andreas Holmberg, Liger One Fifty Seven Ski Team. He was pretty strong last season as well. So Eric, uh, you being a Swede and this is your, uh, he's your countryman. Uh, what do you think about uh, his chances against uh, Martin? Well, team, uh, it was exciting
1: to see last season. I mean, it was really a battle between those two many times, but. I think Morten is stronger but uh, we'll see if he will go f- how much he will fight for the climb points. Um it's a new team now maybe I don't know if he will s- think differently. I don't know Morten as well as Seaman and you do but I mean he says that those climb points doesn't take any effort but of course <laughs> that takes some effort. Uh, so I kind of I always hope every year I hope that Morten will just don't care about those points and go for the yellow bib instead um, but it's interesting I mean sometimes he is a ski he is an attacking skier he is wants to be in the front many times, and maybe he wouldn't do better results if he will be in the back in the peloton all races long. Maybe that's his way of skiing, so it's 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 easy to say that just forget about the climb points and then you will win the yellow bib. Maybe that's not so easy. It's maybe Morten needs to ski the way he's skiing to to perform well. But I think Andreas could win it, but if Morten wants to win it, he he will.
0: But do you think that Andreas will definitely go for this particular category? Yeah, I absolutely think so. And then... Why Ari He's your third pick here and I'm really kind of interested in, in uh, knowing your, or uh, learning your, uh, your idea behind this and why did you pick him?
1: Well, he, he is the first Finnish skier to reach the podium in Visma Ski Classics. That's, uh, is that not enough?
0: No, I mean, it's, I, I know an Ari, and I don't think he will go for this particular. He's not the one who's an offensive skier. He's not the one who goes for the points. He really wants to do well in overall. He was a bit, if I may use, pissed off that he didn't do that well. He did well last season, but he wanted to be in a podium again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I don't, I mean, he's a good skier. I have really high hopes for him. I don't think he's going to go for this particular category.
1: I mean, he's improving, and I think he'll be follow the the leaders a little bit better this year. Hopefully, I mean, as you said, he he, he was better in 2019, maybe uh, than last year. But uh, it's also like you had a bong man. You you need to spice this list up a little bit and. Uh, it could be that like he is the, the only non-star in a group of five person and then he sees oh i can take those points for the lumberjack bib
0: and he'll do it could be could be that remains to be seen And of course we need to find out uh what team he's going to represent uh i talked to him uh, quite recently he's still around we don't need to worry about that he's still still going strong training hard harder than uh, ever before and he will be strong come this season and uh, he's kind of waiting to see how they open and how the season gets started uh but we definitely will we'll see him around any other names any dark horses any uh jokers i think that's what you call them
2: uh yeah i think uh i think all the the other guys that are capable of uh, winning the yellow bib uh, they are also capable of uh, of winning the the lumberjack uh, jersey uh we we saw it uh, i think it's three years ago uh when uh when morten and told had a they had a really hard fight uh, on the climb in uh, Levy. uh because uh, suddenly Tordi, he, he hadn't foc- he hadn't focused on the on the jersey earlier in the season but uh he picked a lot of points in uh, Raista and uh, maybe one other race, and suddenly was in a position to, you know, take the jersey. Uh, and I think that can happen to to some of the other favorites as well. Uh, we have seen how how Petre Eliasson has uh, has raced some of the some of the races uh, the previous years, and uh, he is capable of, uh, you know, going away from the from the whole peloton. and uh take a lot of points on his own so i think it uh, it will depend on on how the many other races uh, develop uh, whether it's a small group getting away with the favorites or uh, whether it's uh, you know it's a large or a bigger group uh, where people can you know sprint for the for the points like in uh like in Levinnia for example
0: uh, I uh, totally agree, agree with that so we have two more competitions two more categories left and next we will talk about protein favourites if you have any feedback questions, requests and ideas please contact us at podcast at skiclassics.com enjoy our Living You To Live you podcast and join the fun Pro teams. This is always an interesting category, uh, and uh, when I look at your selections, Eric, uh, of course you have. There so many strong strong teams nowadays. I 157 Ski Team Sweden. I think that you uh, have really high hopes for them, and then Team Ragdalen Norway. Those guys have been dominating uh, lately. And ever since the beginning, pretty much, of, of uh, Bismarcki Classics. And then you have team uh, the Russian Winter Team, and then Team Kuteng. These are the ones that you have selected. And uh, let's talk about the uh, Lager and, and Rakte first. These two, because you gave them both. Uh, for Actually, also Ramuddin, you gave four four stars. Uh, do you kind do you of treat them equally here? Because there are no five-star teams here.
1: No uh, David uh, Nilsson, the CEO of Ski Classic, wouldn't let me put a five star on Lager 157 because uh, Ragde won last year. <laughs> no, I think uh, I really believe Lager 157 will win the team competition for the first time. Because mainly because Elin is Elin Molin is back on track. Uh, she's in good shape. She was injured and sick a lot last season. Now she's healthy and in good shape. And so they have two really strong women, Britta johansson urgen and Illy Molin. On the men's side, I mean, they recruited uh, Eyvind Muenfjell to get a better men's team. And it, it turned out that uh, the, the other guys performed <laughs> much better. Like even Persson won two races. Markus Johansson was the best overall skier. Um And Andreas uh, Holmberg, I mean, he was second in the climb competition and uh, now Anton Carlson is back and he, I think he can be very, very good in in many races. So I think they will win.
0: So Simon, do you agree uh, with Eric or uh, do you think that Team Räckte Eiendom, the house that uh, the Auckland brothers built...
2: I think both those teams are uh, are really strong, and uh, they are the biggest favorites uh, in this competition. Uh, and I think uh, I agree with uh, with Eric that uh, I think I think One Five Seven will take more points in the in the women's competition than Ragda uh, because they have uh, Britta, uh, which is so strong and she's so consistent, uh, and. As he said uh, Erin has taken uh, some steps during this uh, this uh, training season. Uh, we don't know how many races uh, Marit Bjergen will do, uh, and we don't know what kind of level Alnicken will be on. But uh, on the on the men's side, uh, I still think uh, Ragde uh, maybe will take more points than Lager One Five Seven if the guys are in. Uh, are in their normal shape uh, with uh, both Petter Eliasson and Andreas Nygård, um, and also I think uh, Oscar Cardin. Uh, he has been on the podium before, uh, and if he if he finds his uh, his best shape, he will definitely be up there as well. Um, so, and then you have both Anders and Joar. Uh, they can do a do a solid job for. For the other guys, so I think on the on the men's side, I think in my opinion, the Rugde is still the the strongest team, uh, even though uh, we saw that uh, Emil and uh, Marcus Johansson um, developed a lot last year uh, with the two victories and uh, podium positions, uh, and they have Anton Carson back this year. But um, I don't think it's enough to to match uh, Nygård and Eliasen.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you, uh, uh, Seaman, there. Although, as you both uh, pointed out, the biggest question mark uh, within the team, like the Allendom's ranks, is Anniken, Anniken de Alnes and, and her performance. I don't think Marit Björgen will do that many races. Uh, and still, it's not going to be that easy. A lot of people have high hopes for her, but I don't think she, I mean, she will be strong. But it'll be really hard for her to beat uh, Britta and 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 Lena and Astrid and the the, the greatest uh, skiers uh, in the field. So I think that that is a big question. Uh, but and as you said,
1: another big question is like how the uh, the season. Like usually, Lager one hundred and fifty sevens are pretty good in Levinho. They get lots of points there, and Ragde is still kind of in uh, in uh, <laughs> preseason mode, and then. As long as the, the season proceeds, Ragni is getting more and more points, and this could be how they train, but it could also be how the races are. Like for example, Reista Läppet and Levi, they are tough races—and Birken tough races. Um, maybe this plan B with a with a hundred k or a instead of a, a short pro individual prologue will be beneficial for team Ragde probably actually so um, yeah yeah. I I agree Uh, and
2: I think as you said if uh, I think if Lager 157 want to to win this competition they need to take take more points in the end of the season so they they have always
1: been kind of bad not bad but they haven't performed so well those last three races
2: no, so they need to be on a higher level on uh, in the second half of the of the season.
0: And since we are talking about the points, I think it's a g- this is a good time to remind the the listeners uh, of the kind of the point accumulation in this particular category because it's a bit more complicated than in, in the other ones. So in the in the protein competition, uh, the the points are determined by the the champion. I the champion points. Uh, And uh, the two male athletes, uh, the best two male, and the best two female athletes, and then the total sprint points are taken into the uh, the count, and then the total climb points, and fifty percent of the youth points, Uh, and then uh, at the end of a race, uh, uh, the the team that get gets the most points will then get two hundred points, and then the second one hundred and seventy points, and so forth, all the way down to the thirteen points. So this is kind of the accumulation of the points. Uh, and uh, moving on to, uh, uh, to other teams and our evaluation, Team Ramudden uh, also four stars here. So, Eric, you think that they, these guys will definitely be, uh, be a contender?
1: As I said in the, in the last episode of this podcast, I, I think they should have recruited Turdash Lerdalen when he was a free agent. Uh, then they could have won the team competition since they have a strong women's field with Lina Koshkin and Ida Dahl and Larson and uh, they have Max Novan uh, Max Novak on the men's side but then like they have Herman Paus uh, and uh, uh, Johannes Eklöv uh, but they don't get that many points so i mean they will be good but they need one more really strong uh, male skier
0: that's probably the you know, the problem that they have they have good great skiers but they still need that superstar. I mean, Max could turn into one and it was the same with Ida uh, and Lina al- already is a superstar, but particularly on the men's side, uh, as Simeon pointed out, uh, both Petrelia and Anders Nico, they are really, really strong there. So uh, team, uh, Russian winter team and team Kuteng, these are interesting teams, really strong teams, but they both have some uh, problems uh, facing the season, or problems, I mean, in terms of winning this particular uh, category. Russians, I think their biggest problem is that uh, the skiers are not doing all the races. And Team Kuteng, uh, they've lost a couple of good names there. So what about these two? Uh, You, Eric, gave both of them three stars. So obviously you don't think that they will be as capable uh, of winning this category as the the, the other teams that we just talked about?
1: Uh, so you, you mentioned there, we, we don't know really about the Russians. I mean, we saw Ermil Vukov skied the World Cup now. He performed well, top 30, but uh, we don't know how much they will ski. It will be in ski classics, but I mean, they had the podium by Rygalina last year in the women's field and so they, they have both strong skiers on the men's side and the women's side, but it, it's it's really hard to tell. Um, and with Koteng, uh, uh, well, they lost Kari vikhagen She retired and also Tore bershatt Berdal retired. But, well, they recruited Emilie Fleten and they have Torleif Systad. Uh, and then we have, it's a little unsecure about Chris-Andre Jespersen. He won a race last year, but we don't know how much he will ski. Uh, they have Stian Hölgaard. He has been on the podium many times. I don't think
0: he ever won a race.
1: Maybe it's time for that.
0: No, he hasn't yet. Uh, and, and and he hasn't won Barcelona yet. And he's been on the podium <laughs> five times in a row.
1: Yeah. So, But the question mark is, what about Chris-Andre and How much will he do biathlon and how much long-distance skiing? Uh, uh, I, I Simon, do you opinion, have any? Uh,
2: I think uh, Team Kooteng is... Uh, I think they will take uh, the third place in this competition before Team Ramudan. Uh because
1: uh, I I don't <laughs> agree. We can make it bet. Yeah, we should. Maybe we can include Max Novak in the bet. Yeah. Uh,
2: no, but I think uh, uh, they have two uh, two strong girls. Uh, we we know how strong Astri is, uh, and I also think uh, that we will see Emilia be be strong this uh, this year. Uh, she has performed well in uh, in the first races in Beitussel uh, and also in the Norwegian Cup in Shushan this weekend. Uh, so I think they they will take uh, a lot of points, uh, and then I also think. Uh, Stian, he's always uh, up there. Uh, he's capable of winning races. Um, flat ones, as well as, uh, as tougher courses. Uh, and I think uh, Tulev, he, he didn't have the, the best season last year. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, if he finds his you know, what, his normal... He's, no, he's Mojo. Yeah, he's Mojo. Uh, I think he, we will also see him, uh, him up there fighting for, for top positions. And uh, as Eric said, uh, we're not uh, we're a little bit insecure un, about whether Chris will do do many of these races or focus on the on the biathlon. Uh, I actually read here in uh, on Saturday I think that he was uh, <laughs> he wanted to do the 15k in uh, in the World Championships in uh, Oberstdorf so okay. uh he has a lot of different focuses this winter uh but uh, if if he's on the on the start line he he can win races as we saw last year so i i will go for uh team kooten in the in the third place there in this uh, team competition
0: i think i think i will uh, lean t- uh, you know towards uh, your selection as well <laughs> uh, i think you know uh, Rakte will once again be number one then lager and Kuteng, and then uh, Ramud, then uh, Russian winter team. Yes, I think it's a strong one, but I don't think the skiers will do all the races. Ermil will focus on, I think he will at least try to, to qualify to uh, to the, the world championships, and, uh, and he is the strongest skier there. So, uh, but it'll be a strong strong team, of course. Uh, before we move on to the last one, pretty briefly, Eric, uh, your joker, as you call them, joker teams, they're dark horses, Team Nordic Athlete and Team Telemark. Those two, you pick those two as a potential contenders.
1: Yeah, Team Nordic Athletes, it stems from Team Mämpä with all those Mämpä's, Viktor, Hans and Hannes and also have Nico Koskela. Um, they have recruited more than A.D. Pedersen, uh, uh, Simskar and Hedda Bogman and I think those three together with maybe Viktor Mämpä will get some points. I don't think they will be top five but they will be maybe the best of the new teams.
0: Good, and Nico is a strong skier. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, the last season he got injured, year before he got really sick. Uh, So two years ago, like three seasons ago, I think, he was in the top 10 twice. Uh, So he's a strong skier, but let's hope that he's finally recovered uh, from all those mishaps uh, he had to face.
1: Um, And for Team Telemark... uh Kari Irislind is uh, assigned for them Astrid's sister um, I don't know how much she will do uh, long distance racing since she has skied uh, I mean I think she skied like 9 World Cup races last season for, for Norway so we'll see how much long distance skiing she's doing and it's the same with Evan Utug, Petter's younger brother he has been some done some good results uh, this fall uh, Mikael Gunnarsson. I mean, she, he he won the opening race in Norway. I and he has won race to So I don't know how much he will be racing, but I mean, they have a few really good skiers. So
0: indeed. And next we'll talk about the yellow bib uh, favorites, the final category, guys. And. All the guys out there, remember that our Pro XC ski magazine is out there for taking. So go online, go uh, on our site, vismas, uh, skiclassics.com go to the shop, and you can get it. You get your old copy and read all these that we've been talking about and get all the information about Vismas Ski Classics, our pro tour, the skiers, the teams, and also create articles that you, Eric, uh, wrote there. So, but next, as I said, the champion competition. Yellow babe, the champion competition, of course, this is the most prestigious one. And uh, let's hope that we'll get the full season, of course, uh, since we're still in the midst of the uh, the pandemic. Uh, but when I look at your selections, of course, Britta Johansson-Nogren, that goes without saying uh, that she is the strongest uh, uh, favorite. You gave her uh, her five stars. Then Astrid Rydis-Lind and Lena Kusgren, of course, four stars, and Katarina Smutna, three stars, and Emily Fleten, uh, three stars. These are your selections. Um, what do you think? Let's start with you, Seaman, First, what do you think? Can Astrid and Lena finally find the, uh, you know, the mojo, whatever is needed to uh, to beat Britta?
2: Uh, yeah, I definitely think they can. Uh, I think we saw last year that that uh, they had uh, taken one step, uh, you know, one step closer to her uh, in many of the many other the races, uh, and she was not so superior uh, than the others in that we have seen her in in the seasons before. Um, so I think I think that's definitely possible. Uh, we saw She did some uh, some really strong races uh, where she went solo for you know many kilometers, uh, just raced away from the others. Uh, and was it uh, the race involving maybe? La Venosta, yes. La Venosta, that was uh, one of the most impressive races she did and uh, we also saw Lina in uh, with her performance in Wasserloppe uh, how strong she was there
0: um, and Kaiser Kaiser and Maximilian year as well uh,
2: so i think it's uh, i think Britta she needs to to watch over her shoulders because uh, they are coming to together and uh, i think they are both of them really want to to end up with that yellow bib uh, at the end of the season, when we are in uh, in Levy.
0: and I, I I totally agree with you because we have to remember that Astrid and Lena they both got sick last season, which kind of brings us to the the biggest asset that Brita has is that she always stays healthy, and that's that, that's needed when 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 it's a long season, uh, and uh, but Eric, what do you think? I mean, do you do you think that this is the last season for Britta to be number number one, or or no?
1: I think it might happen exactly what happened last season. I mean, Britta or Astrid, Linda, Lina Korsgren, they can be much better than Britta on a given day. But Britta has said two very smart things, and it's one is I want to get to the starting line healthy and uh, free of injury, and another thing she has said is I plan not to be unlucky. And that's why she's winning the yellow babe all the time. She's maybe not really the best, best skier anymore. Like if everyone is in top shape and everyone is healthy, I would uh, guess Astrid or Lina wins, win, but I still think it's gonna happen again that uh, the others are sick or health or, uh, or injured and, um, and Britta is gonna be more healthy.
0: So, Seamen, which one of these three skiers, uh, Britta, Astrid, and Lena, would you pick or say as the strongest, is the best skier when everything goes well? I'm mean, not talking about the overall, but just when when they're at their best.
2: oh uh, that's uh, that's hard to hard to say. I don't know if I want to, want to pick out one of them because all three of them have delivered so strong performances. Uh, when they are at the top level so it's uh yeah i don't I, I I won't pick out one of them uh i think they are they are pretty equal uh on their top level so i think it's I said,
1: uh, it's a good point i mean britta has a very very high top level as well that's uh that's very true
2: yeah and i think like eric says it's uh the most important thing is to be as near as possible this top level during the whole season. You won't have any chances to, if you are, if you perform well in two races and then you're out for races with the, with illness uh, while your competitors are, are picking points. So I think that will be the key factor this year uh, for the, for the women that want to to take the yellow bib. They need to be uh, as good as possible uh, through the whole season.
0: Good points, but nevertheless, I think this will be the season, this will be the year when these two go really neck and neck. And uh, they, uh, it'll be really, really exciting and thrilling to see uh, what's going to happen. I think there were, like, I mean, last year was so exciting and so cool to see different different races. Lena being really, really strong. And Astrid also, as you mentioned, La Benosta. for a while it looked like that she's finally going to. Go for it and and win the uh, or even have a fighting chance, uh, and then it turned out to be Lena and, and and so forth. Uh, Katarina Smutna, uh, of course, we all remember her glory days. Do you, Eric, think that she will be able to? I mean, she's still a good uh, podium performer, but really, to uh, to to win this overall competition?
1: Mm, no, I mean, you should never. Forget uh, about uh, Smutna. I mean, she she's al- she's always there, high up in, in in several races. But I don't really think she can win races anymore. Maybe, but I th- absolutely think she can be on the podium in the champion competition.
0: And then what about Emily Flett and your other choice?
1: Yeah, what do you say, Simon?
2: Uh, I don't. I I think she will see see her strong this season uh and i think we will see her fighting for uh, podiums in in many of the races uh and even even victories uh but uh, maybe she needs uh, one more season to to be on the you know to have this consistent top level as we see Britta uh the two other uh, Lina and Astrid have so she will be up there uh but maybe not uh on the top at the end of the season but we'll see
0: yeah I think she might even uh, might need a couple more seasons before she can reach that she but has
1: been on the podium already so yeah she and, can...
0: uh, and I think
2: we'll see her on the podium a lot more this season but uh you know Britta and Astrid and Lina they have done these races for for many years now uh, and I've been training I've been training uh, for these races in many years uh, while Emilia she has I think this is her first season even though she she focused on it last year uh, I think he, she has uh, she has taken it one step further this year so it's actually maybe her first season focusing 100% on the the long-distance skiing in our training.
0: So your jokers are dark horses in this category, Mari Björgen and Lin Sömskar. I think we uh, have already talked about the both of these skiers quite a lot. Uh, and so I think we can uh, move on to the uh, the yellow baby, the men. The men's side of things uh, in the champion, the overall competition, uh, in season 11, of course, Andreas Nigord, five stars, uh, as uh, Peter Eliasson. The same thing, you have given both of them five stars. Uh, and it goes without saying that these two are probably the strongest skiers or the strongest strongest favorites in anyone's book. Uh, then, Tura Sejedalen, only three stars here. I actually would give him a little bit more. I, I would give him... Uh, uh, sorry, I, there are four. There are four, yes. Four. Yes, okay. Sorry, I'm just looking at this a little bit. Yes, you're right. Good, because I was I was going to say that I would give him a four-star, but you have given him four-star. Uh, Modedi Pedersen, three stars. And um, then Markus Johansson, also uh, three stars. These are your selections, the five guys for this particular category. Let's start, and you, Seaman, Let's start with you because uh, these guys are pretty much nice, from your country, all of them except Marcus Johansson. Yeah, um, they are. Yes, they are. Norway's wow. for some reason so good at skiing. Yeah, um, Nigard and Elias, very different uh, type of skiers. Uh, they, but they training together quite a lot. They they uh, always strong. Eliasen is probably the strongest and the best skier. If stars align, meaning that everything uh, goes well, yeah, Uh, Uh, and the course is tough enough for him.
2: Yeah, and I I think uh, I'm totally agree with with Eric that those two guys they are, they are the biggest uh, favorites uh, for the yellow bib, Um, and uh, in my opinion, uh, Andreas he is uh, he is the biggest uh, his biggest favorite of them all, Uh, and. I think we will see him in the yellow bib uh, when when we are finished in in Levy Uh, because he has become so strong uh, in the tougher terrains uh, over the last years uh, and still he has he has one of the best finishes uh, among all the skiers um, racing out there and uh, especially after a long and hard race um so even though even though petter is maybe a stronger skier uh in the uphills and his capacity is is higher um on his best days uh, and we have seen we have seen how he has totally destroyed everybody in in some old races like the and birkebeiner for uh, a few few years back uh, and also uh at uh, last year uh, how strong he was um, but i think he needs to have those top days uh, to be able to outperform uh, andreas uh, and uh, if those two guys come into the last 200 meters together uh, i think andreas he will win if not
0: 10 out of 10 times, uh, 9.5 out of 10 times. <laughs> yeah, if something has happens to him, then then he, he won't be able to win. But we saw that in uh, at uh, Topla Cortina, the amazing... I mean, Eliasen was uh, uh, in a breakaway, in a lead, and uh, Nigor was able to catch him up uh, on a downhill section, which was... So amazing, Uh but you're completely right. I mean, I also agree with you that Peter, I think Peter is a, a bit of a stronger skier. And overall, I mean, his capa- capacity is, you know, the VO2 max is uh, one of the highest yeah. uh, in the game. Uh, but Niggod has has developed so much. Uh, he's not just a sprinter anymore. He's a strong skier. He has. Uh, I think it was a
1: breakthrough when he won uh, his first solo victory in in, uh, Iles Levy in 2019 and he won a 70k race and it was not in a sprint. That was like a, a breakthrough.
0: Exactly. That's after that. I mean, it's. Uh, I think he'll be really, really strong. And they train together, so they know each other pretty well. They're in the same team now. They can really work together, uh, really well. Which actually brings us to to uh, Yedalen, who used to be part of this. Now he's a captain of his own team. Uh, was that? A, I mean, I know what you are going to say, Eric. But do you think this was a good move? Yes, for him. Uh, I I really think so, because. Um except you wanted him to join uh, team Ramudden. Oh,
1: oh yeah, I want uh, <laughs> that's right. I, I wanted him to uh, to, uh, to join team Ramudden, but I mean I think it was a good move to leave team Ragde even though he didn't want to or so. But I mean sometimes when Andreas Nygard or Petreliason was in a breakaway, he had to stay in the peloton or in the group to like he wasn't allowed to to catch them or try to catch them. So I think this could be really good for Yerdalen. For and if we look at, I mean, uh, Petr and uh, there is some question marks in him. I mean, he, he has been doing great this summer, but um, sometimes he's shocking. For example, when he used kick wax in <laughs> La Cunela last winter and he finished in 30th place. Uh, he also is kind of surprising when he said in this podcast that he w- he's aiming for... The World Championship in uh, in Trondheim in 2025, um, when he's 40 years old, like that was be a, would be a dream for him. Um, I think that could steal some focus, just like with in the case of Chris Jespersen, who is a great skier, but he's like he, he could, he's doing some biathlon, some traditional skiing, some long distance skiing. And we saw now I think Petter only did the skating race at Beethostalen. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, that's so I'm a little worried for Petter there, and that uh, and since Jerdalen has his own team now and he's apparently in good shape. He's he's done some good races this fall. Maybe Jerdalen could could be up there and, and ahead of Petter in the overall standings.
0: Yeah, and we have to remember that Mr. Aviator yeah, he was second last last season, only 105 points behind Nigod, and we didn't have the last three races that really suit him well. So he's always up there. <laughs> but then
2: there's there's one factor that we haven't talked about at all, uh, and uh, that's you know uh, the the guy in the wax cabin for Team That's uh, <laughs> but-
0: that's correct. Uh, that's a good yeah, point. Uh, the man with the magic touch. Yeah, uh,
2: I have <laughs> raced so many races against uh, these uh, <laughs> these guys and seen how incredibly good skis they've uh, they've had in in some of the races, uh, and that's definitely led them to to many victories. Uh, this year, uh, Tourti has to, you know, he he will not get the help from uh, from Dahl anymore, so that can be an
0: can be an interesting uh, X-factor uh, if that's That's true. actually really good that's that you, you you bring that up because he has said so many times that skis saved him. Yeah. At least at the interviews afterwards that, uh, that I've conducted with him, he, he has said that, he has pointed that out that, oh, I, I wasn't really that strong today, but luckily I had really good skis. So
2: yeah, we'll, and, see. And we'll see. Yeah, I see that with my my own eyes. And uh, I remember especially one race in Jiserska 2019, I think. Uh, when he was like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten or something in the uh, 500 meters before before the finish line in the last downhill there. And he just came on the outside and suddenly he was uh, second. Mm. So uh, we'll see how that will turn out for him this, this winter.
0: Uh. And then Modenede Pedersen and Markus Johansson. We talked about Modenede Pedersen quite a lot uh when uh, we went through all the uh, you know lumberjack the climb competition uh, uh favorites or candidates
2: yeah I but the most i think the most important thing for morten is uh he needs to be a bit more consistent throughout the whole season uh than than he has been uh, over the last years uh he has at least when i was uh, his, his teammate uh, he often did really good races in the first half uh you know until he which he has won like three times in a row or something but then he sort of slowed down a little bit in the in the last in the second part of the season so i think if he wants to to be a contender for the for the yellow bib he needs to take more points in the in the last
0: races and then Marcus Johansson, Eric yeah he finally
1: reached the podium there in um... Last season, two times, actually. He has been in the circuit for a long time. I think he has done over 50 races. Um, not like Morten Edi Peterson, He has actually been uh, in the circuit from the first year in 2011. I think that's the only Proust skier that's been around for so long. But back to Markus. Um, he's been training well this summer. He has been, like, on a new level. He, um, he was injured last fall. Uh, his knee was injured, and then he bounced back and was in great shape. This year he's actually broke a rib. So I don't know if he, I think he's happy that the season doesn't start until January, but um, I think he, or actually if I wrote this a little later, I might have put Anton Karlsson there instead, but uh, I think those two skiers could be the, the, the top five, one of them. I don't think Sweden has been in top five for, over half a decade.
0: Yeah, Markus Johansson. He is. He's really confident. I mean, I talked to him a while back. I mean, that podcast uh, uh, can be found there. You can go and li- listen to that one as well. And uh, but he was really confident that you know uh, this will be his season, and he wasn't uh, overly concerned about uh, his injury again. And and uh, we all remember. Uh, that last season, uh, before the season started, he was injured and, and he actually did quite a lot of ski uh, ergo training. And that turned out to be really good, only 10 hours a week. And that actually helped him quite a lot. And uh, he seems to be thinking that, you know, that could even work for this season. At least he was contemplating the idea of, of, of taking some of that. You know, uh, in, uh, incorporating that a little bit into his training as well. Uh, you mentioned Anton Karlsson; he is your joker, and I totally agree. I think he is one of the. He will be really strong. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, on a podium many times. We should uh, mention
1: that there was a training race in Dusha Grönklit. They skied for like one hour and twenty minutes or something, and Anton Karlsson beat Max Novak, and Anton Karlsson beat. I think it was Max Novak in a training race in the ski tunnel in Tursby as well. And then Max Novak beat the whole Swedish national team in 15K. So um, it will be very interesting to see Anton Karlsson.
0: And then you have Ermil Vokuev, of course, a winner of La Venosta, a strong skier. Although I don't think he will do that many races. Uh, But of course, the ones that he will participate in, he will be really, really strong. But... As as a as a dark horse in this particular category, uh, I don't think he will do enough races uh, to to be even able to to fight for the you know the yellow bib. Any other names from your your side, Semen, that you'd like to before we wrap up uh, like to uh, bring up? No, the overall... I
2: think uh, we had talked about most of the the
0: potential favorites.
1: I, I know you, Tim, have a personal fa- favorite in Vettli
0: uh yeah, I yes, I like the I like the guy a lot and I hope that he will be on the podium. I don't think he will be able to to fight for the you know, the he that's his goal, to fight for the yellow babe, I, I know. I don't think he will be able to seriously fight for this, but to be on the podium first. Same goes with Ariluso, of course, my countryman. Uh, I have high hopes for him. I think he will be able to be on the podium. He was pretty close. I mean, uh, we need just look at the results, he wasn't that far behind. Uh, he just needs a good team, good skis, and, and uh, just needs to kind of find his way, kind of maneuver uh, a bit better, uh, which is kind of interesting because he's actually a sprinter. Uh, in the past, he used to be a sprinter, but then uh, in this Ski Classics, he hasn't really been able to kind of take advantage of that particular, you know, uh, ability of his. But so
1: One ski we should mention, of course, is Stian Hölgård. And uh, he we don't see him in the races. He's usually back in the peloton. And then you look at the result list, you realize that he is like in the top all the time. So he could be top three in the champion competition. He actually was top three last year, so we could bring in him here as well, but we'll see.
0: Yes, I mean, that's a good name, although he needs to win a race. That's the first uh, uh, thing he needs to do and uh, make sure that uh, when that ha- but if here's an interesting thing, if that happens, maybe that kind of opens something, opens up luck, and then suddenly after that, he might start winning more and more and be a real uh, contender and, and fight. Good! Very good indeed. Uh, good uh, selections, Eric. Good job that you've done. Once again, uh, all these selections, you know, that Eric uh, has uh, written about uh, can be found on our Pro XC uh, Skiing Magazine, which is uh, available. It's out there uh, for your purchase. Go online, go on our site, wismaskiclassics.com, and you can buy them on our shop uh, section. So, once again, guys, thank you very much uh, for being with me here, going through all these uh, selections. And once again, I mean, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you guys, both of you.
1: You yeah. too. Thanks. Yeah.
0: This podcast is a W Sports Media production.